0: The Bishop of Chicago, Brother Rick Gonzalez, come take this pulpit. It is yours. Take your liberty. God bless you. Clap your hands to the Lord. Lift your voice to the Lord. Continue to give honor to the Lord. presence of the Lord. Be seated for just a moment. Thank you. Perhaps you've been able to from time to time and maybe even tonight, but if you would see what is happening in the spirit while you are worshiping. If you could see the activity in the regions of the Spirit as you worship, if you would understand the implications of pure, unadulterated worship, it is more than a personal expression that releases God to inhabit. Person who so worships. But it also releases virtue, anointing, healing, and everything that encompasses the divine nature of the one that we serve, who has also made us partakers of the same. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, your bishop, first lady, and all of this fine, fine group of leaders and this great, great church. I honor all of the ministers that are here. And uh, I certainly count it an honor to stand here in his presence. I am hungry, I thirst for more. I have touched things in the spirit that I have never mentioned to anyone, only to find out that I've just been scraping the surface. He is calling us to deeper places. He is calling us to very, very deep waters. And those that do business in great waters, they that go down in ships, as the psalmist put it, and do business in great and deep waters, they see His wonders in the deep. They see parts of him and touch and engage parts of him that no one else who remains on the shore and maybe even in the shallows on the safe side of that barrier reef. You have been called To move beyond the shallows, to move beyond the barrier reef into the depths. And the Spirit bids us once again launch out into the deep. Launch out into the deep. Lift your hands with me for just a moment. Bra Devi jul hašta Remaja remajia tu le mer aita eh hasitu vraştee Somebody join me now Mo adile shu rudeh ae Ankhum pra die shu la erke el Bride decay moon wa kaestuko. Yes, Aidul Buruba Buraba Yuna Amu ah. You na mu adir yes uda ibra jetue ma jetue ma itea taha shu wahiketaea. You you Ureba Kahiti, Oko. of heaven. I would that he could would open your eyes to see what surrounds this place, what flanks this place, and why it is so. I want to obey the Lord today. I want to read a very familiar passage of scripture in the book of acts chapter 2 i'd like to bring some understanding some revelation that perhaps we have not given consideration from a very familiar promise that comes from Joel's prophecy would you stand? Let me say this from the onset. This is holy ground. Do not be distracted. Do not let your thoughts wander. But maintain your focus. The Lord will visit this place in a mighty way. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Uh, there's a few preachers in here. and A few very theologically inclined saints. Don't get ahead of me. You'll miss the point. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I'm not good at titles. I'd rather deliver content. So bear with me. Give it your own title. Make it yours. By your heads. Father in Jesus name. By the authority of that name. That is above all names. Jesus. I come against every distraction. I come against every, every thought that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I pull down every stronghold. Lord, release us into a place by you tonight. And let us hear what your spirit is saying to the church. I release the gifts of healing. I release every gift of the Spirit that is to operate and flow as you have ordained it from the war room. And according to the counsel of your own will, Jesus, flow through this pulpit. And Jesus, Let me hide behind you today. (laughs) Let me hide. very familiar, very much a part of our vernacular. We rejoice when we understand that it continues to be so, that the outpouring of the Holy Ghost continues. But we would do well to understand the implications of such an outpouring and with those implications, the applications that sometimes we tend to not see, to not be able to grasp and take ownership of as we read these scriptures. We can quote them, we sing them, we share them, we see them become a reality within the framework of our limited revelation of what they really mean. Are you listening? And so I want to draw your attention today to just a couple of words here and there within the discourse that we have just read. It is the portion that says that after the outpouring of the Spirit of God... There are those who will see visions, and there are those who will dream dreams. The dimension of vision, the dimension of dreams, is something that the church is being ushered into on a whole new level. This very conference, by its identity is about an awakening, an opening of the eyes uh, to see things uh, that we normally would not see. It is indeed a rising perhaps out of a slumber or a state of anesthesia that demands uh, that we give these verses a second glance and understand uh, what it really means to see visions and to dream dreams. Lift your hands and worship right now. Let's walk in the Spirit right through the Word. So, what is a vision? See Visions, what is a dream? To dream dreams. Are they glimpses? Perhaps in some cases, photographic renditions that are replete with expressions of divine will. Dreams, information disseminated in such a way that it does not just appeal to or call us to involve our intellect, but rather to engage it in the fullness of who we are, body, soul, and spirit. Listen to what God is trying to communicate to us. Sometimes it would seem that this information is encrypted with typology and shadows and We search for uh, an interpreter of dreams, uh, someone who would clarify the vision, figures, and the likes, but definitely something is trying to be communicated to us, both corporately and individually from on high. It is something that God has always intended to be a part of this thing called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I fear that we, though have been given the promise that we are partakers of his divine nature, we have placed limitations on what that means to us and what we are called to do when it comes to our personal responsibility. As with visitation, and in the way that God would visit through a vision or a dream, there is always revelation. The conquest of this region And the victory that was won over the ancestral spirit of this region brought to light a revelation because when darkness causes a hindrance or takes captive the ability of the church to have visions and dreams... To operate on a new level of revelation, the church becomes just another institution. We must have visions. We must have dreams. We must also understand the responsibility of such an encounter of such a communication, such a download, if we can use that term. It's kind of interesting that the two words are put together, Bishop. See visions. The words would seem to carry a similar meaning, but they do not. And this is the revelation. It is a double metaphor. I see, I have vision. Naturally speaking, it makes perfect sense. But let me break it down to can I go deeper? You see, the word see and the word vision are two separate words, they do not mean the same thing, not in their root not in the Greek and not in the spirit. They are two separate expressions but they must work together and in conjunction with the purpose and the will of God. Are you still with me? And so to see is the word optonomai. It is the word that has to do with the mechanical way in which we see naturally. And let me say this, there is a infusion, a spiritual infusion that comes through the other word, vision, that completely transcends what we are able to discern naturally. And this is what God is trying to communicate to us. And so to see is to engage the thing observed in a mechanical way that's what the word says in a passive or casual way it is implied in the original language that it is as if we stand and observe an object in the distance we know it's there but we do not have enough clarity to identify it, much less its origin or its purpose or what it has to do with us. Too often we are exposed to the presence of God at levels where we experience defining moments, but like in seeing we relegate them to a wonderful time in the Lord without understanding that every defining moment that God gives us is designed to propel us, to motivate us to press, to seek, to dig, to go deeper. But vision, that's a different word. That is a different word. Salute. That's the word, orasis. And that is way different. To see is one thing. But to see vision now takes us to the place of revelation. It takes us to the place of application. I would that we would stop seeking to be simply entertained by the presence of God, but that we would find a deeper purpose than to say we have felt him rather that we could declare he has transformed us and now we embrace the responsibility that comes with the honor of what just happened to us <clears throat> and so vision that root that original Discourse, in the original language, means to discern clearly. It's no longer an object in the distance. We now discern clearly. To have vision implies that you now have given that which you are observing your undivided attention. It is Moses at the end of that second journey of 40 years that observes a bush. And the Bible says, implies God was watching to see what Moses would do about that. And when... I'm quoting scripture, people. When he turned aside, when God saw that Moses turned aside, the bush that he saw now became vision to him. He turned aside. He said, this has something to do with me. I discern that I need to attend to the thing that I am looking for at right now. That there is something I need to experience and that I need to engage. Lift your hands right now because this is going to revolutionize your spiritual vision. Come on, church. Worship the king right now. Give him some praise. He is about to give you a new optic nerve. He is about to give you a spiritual lens so you no longer see. But now you also have vision. Lift him up. Lift, you got to get this. Holy Ghost. To attend to, to realize, and it goes on. The words are so colorful and descriptive in that beautiful language. It means to appropriate. It means to own it. To own it. Too often we see, but we don't have vision. Be it by ignorance, be it by institutional thinking, be it by placing limitations on what we feel we can handle or worse of all, that we know that if we choose to see visions, we are called to a whole new level of responsibility. And it will require that we move out of our comfort zone to seek those deep things and actually become a force to be reckoned with by the enemy, by everything that comes against the church. I want you to know when you begin to see visions, uh, God, what he is trying to do is he is trying to weaponize you. He is trying to weaponize you. He is trying to make you a weapon, uh, an arrow in his mighty hand. You can't stop a man or woman of God who has assimilated and taken responsibility for what God is showing them. (laughs) Shit. So, see visions. The same principle applies to dreaming dreams. Barring the Pizza Hut pepperoni pizza dreams and all the other junk, it makes you think you've been engaged in spiritual warfare when in reality it's just indigestion. And didn't my heart burn within me? But not the right way. So I took <laughs> the medication and eliminated the dream. He gives vision. He wants you to see, optanomai, visions, Horasis, because he is trying to release further information, revelation, understanding, uh, clarity. He's got a memo written and it's got your name on it uh, and it is time stamped. We do well to understand the urgency of the moment in which we stand right now. In the spirit. That's why this conference was birthed so long ago. The regional anointing. The apostleship uh, that was given. All of the things that are implied by this. We cannot sit idly by. And hear about others' visions. Visions. And ignore our own responsibility. He's trying to override. He's trying to override our finite, our very limited, our myopic, our, if you please, our tunnel vision in some cases. Our... Nearsightedness in others, or our far-sightedness in others. I am not an eye doctor. I went to school for twelve years, all the way to sixth grade. <laughs> but I know the book. I got more education than that. Won't be a knucklehead. He is trying to retrain our spiritual optic nerve to expand our reach beyond these four walls. He is trying to give us his eyes so we can see what he sees and as such move toward That mark, listen, we've said it, we've quoted it, we've told others, we have criticized, we have judged. Where there is no vision, the people perish. He that keepeth the law happy is he. No vision equals perishing. It's not the word that simply means in the end, You're just going to die a useless person. But that's where it will lead to if that's all you ever do is just see with no vision. The word means that, the word perish means that you will move. And it is a very descriptive word that alludes to the way a horse is handled and steered by the rider. It is a horse without reins. It is a ship without a rudder. It will be tossed to and fro in every direction when you don't have the focus of vision. All that you see doesn't matter because nothing is Owned, nothing is assimilated, and so you will live a a nomadic spiritual existence, not really fulfilling your purpose or understanding your call. And thus, the scripture that says, Many are called, but few are chosen. You are not chosen because you won't move beyond seeing into the dimension of vision. God needs to know that you are willing to turn aside and to say, God, what does this have to do with me? It's all right, it's the will of God, anyway. And so, the Lord spoke to me to declare to everyone who will hear and who will embrace you don't have to understand it all, you just have to say, God, whatever this is, I want it, He will take care of the details and he will explain the fine print of the covenant that he has not been able to explain yet because he just catches you every time he comes staring like a deer in the headlights. That's a country term, right, for all you country people? Chicago, if you get caught in headlights, you better run. Because bullets are coming. <laughs> All right, Jesus, let me get behind you again. Otherwise, I'll go Chicago on these people. And everybody said, forget about it. And So, the word to you is this. When you get this, everything... That you visualize according to the revelation of seeing vision will materialize, it will become a living reality, it will become action in your life, it will be an expression of divine will made manifested for the world to see and for every objective and every target that God assesses to be worthy of that vision, it will materialize. You will become a force to be reckoned with. You will be known in three dimensions, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Okay, somebody help me right now. Everybody lift your hands. I sense fear right now. I sense fear in the enemy camp because somebody's about to get a revelation about seeing vision and Satan, your enemy has been counting on the possibility that you won't get it. But tonight, God is releasing revelation and the enemy... is experiencing fear right now. Let's come against uh, every spirit uh, that's not of God. Everything, uh, let's come against uh, every mindset, uh, every paradigm, uh, let's come against it right now. I'm not going to do it for you. I got my devils to cook in Chicago, but I'm placing on your shoulders the responsibility to go to war. I'm putting it on you. You listen up. This man was given the key to this region. What moved through the land in the spirit was powerful and it created a permanent shift between light and darkness. But listen, the only thing, Every defeated devil, including that ancestral spirit, can possibly hold on to as a hope is that some of you won't get it. That some of you are just going to blow this off. Man, this dude's been watching too much Star Wars. That's your problem. You're ignorant. And to even think that is to have a mental Stupid attack. Last time I checked, last time I checked, we are not battling against flesh and blood. We are battling against principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness. We are coming against high-ranking entities in the spirit world. We are coming against human spirits. We are coming against falsehood and deceit. Come on, church. It is a spiritual war. We're not looking for a devil under every rock, but we have to understand when there is one, we need to have handle our business. be seated. Remember this, that Satan and your flesh also have a vision for you. And they want you to get caught up in the shadows of lesser battles. Satan has a plan for you. And he will yield a little bit of spirituality for the sake of keeping you contained. That's right, it's true. I've seen it. And so, in Satan's economy, it's not a vision. Satan... Vision is called a fantasy. He wants you to fantasize about everything that you are not. He wants you to live in an identity crisis, torn between the foolishness of the Galatians. That says, yeah, you started in the spirit, but let's go ahead and perfect this whole thing in the flesh. But that's just part of it because Satan works in conjunction with your flesh. He's a predator. He knows what you like. He knows where you surf. And I'm not going to go back to that commercial about the Facebook and all the social media and all of the capital S T U. P-I-D-I-T-Y, I -I I can spell pretty good. That comes with getting caught up in the fantasy of a non-persona, a false identity. As a matter of fact, in my background, there is such a thing as identity theft. And that's where he works the best. To steal your identity And to make you somebody you're not. And flesh, well, the vision of your flesh is very simple. It's not a vision either. It's called self will, and it has no good function in your life. But self will is when we impose our ideas and our Personal revelations about how things should be done. Listen, you are never closer to being a disciple than when you have finally arrived at the place where you say, not my will, but thine be done. And you mean it because you've been to the desert like Jesus went and you've been fasting and praying and there's no more a question about if thou be who he says you are you got to remember the desert is only one place that you will and must travel to with frequency to make sure your identity. It's not about the temptation. It's about the identity. But you're also going to have to travel very frequently to a place called Gethsemane where you're going to wrestle with your flesh and your will every day of your life, somebody has to visit Gethsemane because that is where the battle of wills comes in. That's where you look at the cup and though you might want to pass it up, you understand nevertheless, not my will. That's where the battle for the will of God takes place. Pretty good stuff, right? It gets worse. Because after Gethsemane, you got to pick up your cross. You got to pick up your cross, and you got to go to Golgotha, and you got to crucify your filthy flesh to complete the circle so God can actually entrust you with a vision And the revelation that comes. Pretty good preaching, huh? He's preaching pretty good, isn't he? So, what happens is, when fantasy and self-will merge, you become a prisoner. You become institutionalized. You are assimilated into a collective. And you will, as they say, birds of a feather will flock together. And you will feed off of each other's fantasies and self-willed ideas and pat each other on the back as you continue to stagnate and dry up the kingdom and your churches won't grow and you won't grow and your house becomes a mess. Of nothing, a cesspool of everything else that you are allowing to come in uh, through the wire and through the door and through the radio and through the computer and everything else. But you can't serve two masters. I said you can't serve two masters. A double minded man! He's unstable in all his ways. You will become what you visualize. It just all depends on who's got your attention. You see? And Satan is not a creator. He's a good imitator. Now, let's pause for a commercial. He said, I can tell you. Here you go. You go around, and you get a little disconcerted about your lack of vision, your lack of assuming responsibility, And you want to blame the pastor. I can't grow here. Is that too heavy? No, he doesn't talk to me. I'm standing in the place of the prophet. Here's the problem. When we start to operate like that, we are creating a storm that invariably is going to sink our ship. And nobody else's. When you go looking for moves of God outside of the perimeter of truth, listen. This is one of many spiritual laws. I have a whole seminar I teach on the laws of the spirit. I'm just going to share one with you because I think it's applicable. Never, ever validate a perceived move of God or spiritual expression until you have identified its source. If it is not Jesus' name, you better be careful. If it's coming... uh, From a foundation of false doctrine, you better be careful. If it does not have the revelation of the name of Jesus tied to it, you better be careful. You can't validate it just because you perceive it to be spiritual. Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. Lift your hands right now. Come on. We're stripping of all his armor tonight. We're taking our enemy's armor tonight. Ah! Come on, cry out to God. There needs to come out of this place a battle cry. Let the kingdom of heaven rise up with spiritual violence. The flesh will create comfortable guidelines to keep you in a state of limited accomplishments, enough that you will actually dare to say to the God who has infinite power, this is the best I can do. How dare you slap Jesus in the face with this is the best you can do when he said you would receive power, a power that is birthed from an authority that is born of relationship and intimacy, you are a fool to say it's the best I can do. On the contrary, what you need to be saying, God, I know that you have more. I know that more can flow. The other problem, if you don't whip out the old it's the best I can do, is you're going to look around and say, well, I got more than he does. And so I'm ahead of the game, ahead of the rest. And you're about ready to get set up because that's exactly where Satan wants you. And that's exactly where your flesh wants you. Here's the deal. Sit down, please. I know you can't hardly stand it. You're just in suspense right now. But Here's the problem. Pastors, preachers, saints of God. And our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Without the express and written consent of Major League Baseball. Listen. Listen to this. Satan will always give up. Be willing to give up enough real estate to keep you happy. Just enough growth. Just enough revival. Just enough. To keep everybody comfortable, just like Nebuchadnezzar, is not this, the great Babylon that I have built, but it's the church. He's a master at yielding enough territory so he can keep the rest of it. And one of my biggest revelations when I came to Chicago, I... Unfortunately, and I will confess, there was a season in my life where I thought institutionally until God said, I did not call you to start a church. I called you to reach a city. I called you to take over a territory. I gave you an apostleship. I anointed you to take the land. So make the covenant uh, and stop creating limitations, uh, self imposed limitations uh, so you can stay comfortable. Let me tell you i paid a price for this so I know what I'm preaching about. Uh, whether you're a saint uh, or a preacher or a pastor or you're in transition God has you here to listen to what the spirit is saying. Uh, you have got to go deeper. You have got to understand the responsibility that he's putting on you. You must see visions. I love it when the devil looks at ICF as we move from borough to borough, 77 boroughs in Chicago plus the metro Uh, The the suburbs, the metroplex, we're hardly scraping the surface. Don't get me wrong, but we are on a mission. A hundred nations hail in the city of Chicago, and we have 43 of them sitting in our church right now. Our campuses, we have a presence In 45, 46 of the 77 boroughs of Chicago, we're taking over. We're taking over. I wonder if there's somebody here who has the spirit of conquest to say, I'm going to get behind the bishop. I'm going to get behind this move of God. We are taking the land. We're not just taking a parcel. We're taking the whole thing. We are serving eviction notice on the devil. Come on, the awakening is about opening our eyes and restoring full apostolic authority to the church lift him up lift him up Come on, somebody help me carry this. Somebody help me deliver this in the spirit. <laughs> Come on, somebody help. Need somebody to get around the bishop and the first lady. If you came with your pastor, get around your pastor, your preacher. Come on, let's get around the men of God that are in here, the leadership, the spiritual leadership, just for a moment. I'm not done preaching, but we need to have a moment right now to lift up the hands of the man of God so the battle will be won. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you're not here by coincidence. Oh, hell is watching this moment right now. There is unity in the spirit. There is unity in the spirit. Now this, they have imagined to do, and nothing will be restrained from them. Nothing will be restrained from them. Come on, church. There's an application for the verse that says, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. The flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Today, we settle the question. Today, we settle this matter. Flesh will have no place in this journey mountain somebody here needs to speak to the mountain whatever that mountain is in your life whatever it is speak to it say be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea come on i'm releasing the gifts of healing i'm releasing the gift of the working of miracles right now the prophetic has already been released the word of knowledge has already been released The gift of deserting of spirits has been operating throughout this whole conference. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead and continue to pray and worship. You can also listen. Those of you that are out there operating on your own without a covering in your life, without spiritual authority over your life, you are in danger. The depth and the magnitude of this move and the supernatural implications demand a chain of command, a perimeter from within to operate in. You cannot do this, rogue. You cannot do it on your own. You will be led astray. You will not produce. You will be the one with the bullseye on your chest. How many understand what I'm saying? I'm a man under authority. I answer to the voice of men of God who swim in the deeper waters than I do. We have to have a chain of command. When I walked into this church and I drove into this region, I immediately spoke it in the spirit, I am under this man's authority, and I am operating within the liberty that this man has given me, or my anointing is null and void. Every one of us needs a covering in our lives. Can I get a witness here? Can I get a witness? There is safety in the covering, and there is power by operating Within that perimeter, you are never more anointed than when you're under authority. You are never more powerful than when you are covered by spiritual authority. Hear the word of the Lord, Awakening Conference. This is why you have been ushered to the door of a new dimension. finishing the introduction to my message. Now I gotta hit you Sunday. I don't care. Call a meeting tomorrow. No, I don't care. I'm good. He's not releasing me to continue. And that means you have a responsibility right now. Beyond what we just did here to settle the matter of seeing vision. I prophesy tonight that some of you will be visited in the night seasons, that the Lord is going to stir you out of your sleep. Lift your hands right now. You're going to see some things, you're going to experience the presence. You're going to dream dreams. You're going to see visions. But that will be in direct proportion to your settling the matter right now at this altar as the musicians come and as we get ready for this very important response and this very important moment of taking responsibility in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. The altar is open to this conference, not just to those that are at this altar, but to everyone. You came here tonight by divine appointment. You are here because God has ordained it so. And so you have a responsibility to what you have heard. You have a responsibility to what's been prophesied and what's been released here in the spirit. Otherwise, it's just going to be another nice service. And God is tired of being relegated to just uh, provoking a good service. Transformation is here, change is here, transition is here, the ark has been removed from the center of the tribes and the priests have moved it down the road because you are about to go where you have never been before. calling on the intercessors right now. You're going to carry some of this in the spirit tonight. Angels are at attention. This is not just a defining moment that is localized to this service, but something is being released into the atmosphere and God's messengers are taking he is sending a word with his messengers to the north, to the south, to the east, and to the west. The spirit world is stirred. There is war. There are warring angels flanking the messenger angels. Something is happening. Uh, There are escorts uh, of angelic warriors uh, moving about the region right now as they cover the angels, the messengers uh, that are taking this uh, from this place uh, to the region that God has delivered uh, into the apostleship.